You're listening to the Greater Long Beach Podcast, where our focus is helping people to connect to God, change, and thrive in life. Amen. It's great to be together with you guys. Uh, We're continuing on our series of Rejoice in uh, Philippians. Uh, And didn't um, uh, George Matthew do an awesome job last week? Um, you know, it's uh, it's great to be uh, working side by side with different brothers and just uh, to to hear their spirituality and hear their hearts. And uh, it was great to hear the the, the mindset of Christ and uh, and just uh, and and rejoicing in uh, in humility. Uh, today we're going to talk about uh, the next chapter, which is Philippians three, and just talk about rejoice in knowing Christ. And so uh, it's a it's a you know, I come before you rejoicing, uh, talking about rejoicing, but I'm a, I'm a little bit alone today because my wife and, and uh, Rachel are, are on vacation already. So they're in uh, Lake Tahoe. So they're they're actually watching on the streaming service. So uh, but, you know, I thought, um, you know, I need to preach this message. I want to be with the church here today. And also the fact that I didn't have much vacation and uh, Caitlin didn't have much vacation. So we have to wait till Wednesday to, to, to go on vacation. So uh, but but I really did have it on my heart today to preach because I was thinking about a, a couple of weeks ago. I was, I was actually even before Reuben uh, uh, told us what the message was, I was just thinking about the word rejoice. And I was thinking about how, um, you know, how. You know, I'm, I'm looking at, at our, 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 our own church and, and those around us. All right. That's right. Well, I guess I guess now that it's here, I got to stand behind it. So, um, but I, you know, I'm 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 thinking about the word rejoice and and what that means. And uh, you know, and you know, if you think about it, by definition. We as Christians have the most to rejoice for. You know, we should be the most joyful people on earth. You know, we, we should, you know, it should be evident. And yet, you know, when I thought about it is I don't think we rejoice as much as we need, uh, that we should. I don't see us being, a, you know, I, I don't see us being you know, I don't see us being like this uh, the, this child where there's there's nothing to worry about. Uh, just sitting a bunch of you know being happy to sit a bunch of bunch, bunch of leaves and just you know there's nothing to worry about. You know, we've got so much to worry about. You have, have you ever thought about that? You know, have you thought about why am I not rejoicing as much as I I, I should be? You know, you think about uh, you know um, where where you you know the. You think about Disneyland and, and I mean, a lot of parents have probably been there. It's like, you know, you think, you know, this you should be happy here. You know, this should, you know, you should be happy. You know, this is the place to be, you know. And, and how many times as families have you thought, you know, man, I've, you know, we we uh, spent like uh, about a thousand dollars to bring the whole family here, and and you're not rejoicing the way you need to rejoice. You know why aren't you appreciating this? And so, um, but that's the way it is. Uh, a lot of times when we look at ourselves, you know, why aren't we rejoicing as much as Christians that we we should be? You know, I uh, we I also um, 
asked my daughter, uh, they, you know, she went to, uh, uh, Disneyland yesterday with a bunch of the, uh, uh, bunch of the uh, disciples and, and so, uh, you know, I guess it didn't turn out as great as they thought it would be. Uh, no, actually I asked her to, to take a picture of, of, of being unhappy in Disneyland. So, um, so I appreciate their, their spirit and uh, I'm sure they enjoy themselves, but, but that's, you know, that's kind of like us as Christians is, uh, you know, are we rejoicing as much as we should be? Um, you know, there's a there's a there's a, a quote here that really, really hits home. It says, if you have no joy, there's a leak in your Christianity somewhere. And so if you think about that, you know, there is something wrong if we are not rejoicing. If we're not, if we're, if, if we aren't finding the joy that we need to, and we should, and we could, there's a leak somewhere in our Christianity. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is, is as we look at what Paul says in Philippians 3, he's going to show us, you know, where we have our leak and help us to find joy. And so, um, you know, um, you know, the, the whole theme of, of, uh, Philippians is amazing because, you know, Paul is talking about rejoicing as, and we talked about it. Paul's talking about rejoicing in the midst of prison, you know, in the midst of trials and hardships. And, and, um, George, uh, George brought it up last week, but I want to expound on this point is that it's our choice to rejoice. Rejoicing isn't circumstantial. It's a decision. And so as we look into this text, um, I'll read here, and, and we're going to start here in, in Philippians 3, uh, verse 1 through 6. And Paul starts there, and says, he says, Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no tr- trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it's a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by a spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, as for righteousness based uh, based on the law, faultless. And so here Paul is telling us to rejoice, you know, but what is he talking about in this passage? You know, what is Paul trying to teach us here about re- rejoicing? You know, who are these dogs, these mutilators in the flesh that are, that are not, you know, that are robbing us of joy? You know, he, well, he's talking about Christians. Now that sounds pretty harsh, but he's talking about Christians who, who are, are basically, you know, trying to apply their Jewish values onto other people. You know, he's trying, they're trying to say, well, you can't rejoice unless you do this. You know, these, you know, you, you, you're, uh, these are the standards you got to live by. You can't, you know, you can't be truly happy. You can't be too, totally uh, close to God unless you do, do this. And, and, and they applied all of these values. And so that's, that's the first point here is that, you know, um, is that it's not just back in that day, you know, whatever it is, you know, applies to us today. 
is that a lot of times, a lot of times our Christianity, our joy, our ability to rejoice is robbed because we apply the wrong standards. You know, we, you know, we value the wrong things. And, uh, you know, we are probably the most, you know, critical and judgmental generation. I don't know if you felt that, but, you know, it's, it's basically, it's so easy to say something, to say your opinion, to say something about, you know, what is right or wrong. You know, how many times, you know, if you listen to talk radio, if you look at tweets, if you look at what people post, isn't a lot of that just criticism? You know, a lot of it is just, or a lot of it is just saying, well, this is what you should do and, 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 and that person isn't doing X, Y, or Z and so on. And, and that's the way we act and, 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 um, and that's what we get all the time. You know, it's so easy to post something. It's so easy to be unrestrained. It used to be that you had to edit something before you send it. You had to think about what you're saying before you say it. But now it's just like, it's so easy. That we just say these things and, and so what that does is that, is that, is that it just really gets us in that mode of what people think, what people value. And so, um, you know, again, we get, we put so much emphasis on the wrong standards. You know, we can get puffed up on our own knowledge, um, and just, and, and look down on other people. And so, um, you know, we think, you know, I don't know if you found this, but it's just like, you know, who's, who wrote the book on, well, if, if, if so-and-so called me within three days, you know, then they would have showed if they really cared, you know, but, but, um, you know, but they called me on the fifth day, so they didn't really care. You know, it's like, you know, we put these standards on people, you know, we think, well, you know, you know, so-and-so is an older Christian, so, so he should have known that, that I wouldn't be able, I couldn't apologize as quickly as he should. So he should have apologized first. And, and we start to think of all of these different things. And yet, yet, isn't that what they were doing in Philippians 3? They were applying their own values and saying, you know, this is the way you should act. This is what you should be like. And, and no wonder why we get our joy robbed, you know, because we choose, you know, we can decide what our values are going to be. You know, we can decide to be judgmental or we can decide to be forgiving. You know, it's our choice. We could say, well, you know, I mean, you think about uh, when Jesus, uh, when Jesus said, you know, whoever is at fault, you can cast the first stone. You know, how many, you know, how many of us, uh, you know, every one of us has some fault or other that someone can point to, right? You know, I, it's, it could be an endless thing. You know, we, we could find fault in somebody no matter who it is. You know, your, your closest friend, your, your, your spouse, wh- whoever it is, we could be judgmental. Or we could decide to forgive. Or we could decide to give grace. You know, um, this picture on the right, uh, you know, I found because, uh, the, uh, the guy on the right there is uh he uh he was driving and he drove he was driving and uh he he had, he went off the side of the road and killed this woman's son and so um 
So this this whole story is about how the the mom is forgiving him because she thought, you know, she understood that, you know, he was he was sorry. And it's like he you know, he and the statement was, you know, he can't do any more. He can't undo anything. You know, he, he you know, there's you know, I could either live in in hate of this person and 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 it's basically after this trial where she could have tried to push to send him to jail for a long time or 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 just she accepted the fact that you know he was sorry and he couldn't do anything more you know you think about it what are the circumstances those are tough challenging circumstances and yet she made that decision to be forgiving and not judgmental you know we can have we can make that decision ourselves you know how many times do we choose you know we can choose to to be angry at somebody or we could choose to to let things go. You know, I found that on the freeway, um, the more I let people in and, and not worry about trying to fight for my way, the, the less stressed I am at work, uh, uh, on the freeway. You know, it's like, it, but that's the thing is we have a choice. You know, whether or not I get there like two minutes later, uh, and be happy, <laughs> you know, or I could get there two minutes earlier and feel stressed out. Um, you know, we could choose to be hard to please, or we could be, or we could be hard not to please. You know, I, I mean, I, you know, uh, you know, people all the time. It's like, you know, there's there's some times where people are just hard to please, and there's some people where it's like, no matter what what happens, they're happy. You know, these are all decisions on on. You know, on being able to rejoice. It's a choice to rejoice. And, and my call here today is, is that, you know, a lot of what we are doing, you know, as, as Paul was talking about, uh, in, in that first, uh, scriptures, a lot of what we, we, a lot of our, uh, ability to rejoice is our own decision and the values we hold. You know, if we're, if we're holding standards, that aren't biblical, these, you know, that's the thing is they were holding arbitrary standards. You know, Paul was saying, think, just think about what's important. Think about, you know, think about what true joy is all about. And, and so that brings us here to the next one is breaking the chains. Um, you know, we have to break the chains of what is holding us back from truly rejoicing. You know, I wish, uh, I wish breaking the chains were as easy as this picture where uh, it's just paper chains you know it's like uh um you know i could feel like the you know this this those are easy to break but you know i um the the ch- the chains that we have to break are 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 tough chains but we've got to break them let's look at uh philippians 3 uh verse 7 and actually i said uh, verse 10 here but it's we're going to read uh, 7 through 9 so this is going to be the uh, this is this is this next passage is the, is the meat of Paul's message about rejoicing. Um, if you're a vegan, it's the protein substitute of the message. So, um, but I'm not I'm not judging you or, or or holding any standards. So enjoy what you rejoice in what you want to rejoice in. Amen. Um, but in, in Philippians 3, it says, uh, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider a loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. 
for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Boy, this is a rich passage here. And you think about what, uh, what Paul is saying is that, you know, all, he, you know, he chased all of these other things before. He valued all of these other things before. But what does he think of them now? He thinks of them as garbage. He thinks of them as trash. You know, and some, some, and some translations that even calls it dung. You know, whatever it was that I valued before that, that, that brought me the ability to, you know, that I was trying to rejoice in is nothing compared to knowing Christ, compared to what's important. And so, um, you know, what is it that we're chasing or what have you chased to bring joy to your life? You know, what have you valued to bring joy? You know, I think about uh, back in my high school days in the 80s. So I'm going to take you back here. So so what did I value in the 80s? You know, this is this is what I valued in the 80s. So, uh, you know, this is where, you know, um, I don't know if you guys, are, my daughter didn't even know there was a preppy handbook. But, uh, you know, there's a, uh, back in the 80s, there was a, a preppy handbook. And uh, that's when... Uh, that's, that's when I, I, I just was really fascinated by, you know, I want to be like a preppy. You know, I want to, uh, I want to have those values and, and those are, that's what's going to bring me joy. You know, and so, um, and so the preppy handbook was a guidebook that's talked about everything that it took to be a preppy. You know, how to dress, where to eat at, uh, how to act and, and all these, these different things. You know, you can see on the right, uh, you know, you got the, uh, um, you got the khakis and the, uh, you know, the, the upturned collar and the, uh, the tortoise shell glasses and, um, you know, and so, so that's, that's what I valued. And so, um, so here's, here was what was my life at, in high school here. So, um, so, so I try to live this out. So, um, you know, uh, on the on the left, I'm going to take you through a little memory lane here. So on the left is, uh, you know, the preppy handbook is the ultimate dress shirt is a Brooks Brothers dress shirt. You know, this is the same shirt that JFK and FDR used. And and so um, so I remember in high school, I I had this pilgrimage because I was living in Arizona. But Brooks Brothers, the only the only Brooks Brothers was in L.A. that I knew of. And so, uh, so we took up this pilgrimage to buy a, sh- uh, a shirt at, at uh, Brooks Brothers. And so, and I had to get on the bottom left, there's a monogrammed, uh, 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 sleeve. So, uh, so I got the monogrammed sleeve. And so you can see the monogram when you're wearing a jacket and so on. So, uh, incidentally, uh, if you guys know Bottega Louie, uh, that's where Brooks Brothers was originally. And that's where I went to buy my shirt. And so, uh, and then before polo, uh, you know, the, the true shirt was the, uh, um, Lacoste alligator shirt. You know, that was, uh, you know, that, there wasn't polo shirts back then. It was the Lacoste alligator shirt. And so, uh, I had every single color that I could buy. And so, um, you know, I, and I had a pink alligator shirt. So, uh, 
So I had that, uh, you know, and then the, the, the Sperry Topsiders, you wore those without socks. That was the thing. And so, um, and then you had, uh, the, uh, Gucci, uh, wallet. And, um, actually I think we, uh, um, lost the picture, but, uh, oh, actually on the bo- uh, top left, there's a Gucci keychain. And so, uh, so you, you had to wear the Gucci, you know, the, the, the G's had to be exposed. So you had to, you had to let it hang out the side. You know, and so that's that's how you wore the Gucci keychain, and so um, so of course uh, then I then uh, um, then I remember also saving my money up and going to the store and buying the you know the polo po- tortoise shell uh, aviator glass sunglasses, and then uh, and then of course my graduation picture. That's uh, I, I, I got the, uh, the polo tweed jacket. That was my prized possession, the polo tweed jacket. And so, uh, and obviously, you know, any preppy is, uh, dream is to go to an Ivy League school. So, uh, but, you know, that was, that was what I hold value. You know, that, that, that was, uh, you know, that's what, um, that's what I valued back then. But, you know, why do I spend all this time talking about this and, 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 um, but you, um, if you think about it, you know, what, what, what do I do with those things now? You know, what, what, what did I do with that sweet tweed jacket? You know, every one of those things is in the trash. You know, uh, the, the wallet wore out and, uh, you know, the uh, uh, things went out of style. And, you know, every single thing that I valued, whatever it is, is in the trash. And that's what Paul is saying here is that what, you know, are you valuing things that are rubbish? Are you valuing things that are going to ultimately end up in the trash? You know, another 80s thing is, uh, you know, my dream car in high school or one of them, you know, is the uh, the the Datsun 280ZX Black Gold Edition. You know, I remember when this thing came out. This is when, you know, this is when gold rims first came out. You know, it's like nobody ever seen gold rims. It was like, you know, and this commercial came out and, and, uh, you know, and, and there's like these star things going like, and then you hear it in the background, it's like black gold. You know, it's like, wow, you know, this is, this is a, this is an incredible car. You know, it's like, um, you know, and, and, and so this is what, uh, that's what you, uh, I valued in high school. And, and the reason why I brought this up is, is in, uh, the, in, sometime in the mid nineties, I'm driving on the freeway and this car passes me up and I, and I just thought, man, that thing's a piece of junk. You know, they should, they should get that on the ro- off the road. And I look closer at the car and it was like, it, it looked kind of like this and it's, and it's like, Hey, that's that car I wanted. <laughs> you know, that thing's a piece of junk. And, and, but I just, it just really uh, reinforced my, uh, my understanding that, you know, no matter what you value, yeah. you've got to realize, is this thing going to, is this eventually trash? You know, one thing I realized is that, you know, it, it, whatever your dream car is, just wait 15 or 20 years, you can buy it. You know, I could go right now. I could go out today and buy that car. You know, it's like, uh, you know, but but it's trash. 
But we've got to understand that everything we, everything we, we place our joy on, uh, what, it, what's the true value of that? You know, um, you know, recently with all these fires and everything, I think people realize, you know, what's truly valuable. You know, as, as much as you value your car or your house or whatever, it's like, you know, it's, it's like whatever you can take in 60 seconds is what's truly valuable to you. You know, your life, your family, you know, whatever those things are, maybe it's, maybe it's your one memory or whatever those things are, those, that's what's truly valuable to you. But how much do we spend our lives chasing after things that are not true value? You know, how many things do we, uh, how many times do we base our joy on, on these things? You know, we, we see the scripture all the time, Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God, both God and money. Now, this is just one of those things. You know, sometimes we base our value on, on, on material things. But, you know, how many times do we read this, this uh, verse, but we still don't get it? We still don't, you know, we still don't understand you can't serve Two things. You can't be divided. Uh, you know, you can't be truly happy if your heart is divided. If, you know, so many of us can, you know, I, I think even, even myself, this is a constant struggle. It's like, yeah, yeah, I want to, I want to say that I'm not materialistic, but I could still want to have something. I could still want to, you know, I could still base my joy on certain things and, and that's what is really that's what really robs us of joy is when we have a divided heart. You know, we've got to be able to get it and just decide, you know, what is truly valuable? It's our relationship with God. You know, that's what Paul talked about. There's, you know, knowing Christ, you know, is 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 everything compared to the trash of anything else we chase. You know, recently we talked, you know, we we, uh, we had this uh, lottery where it's like, um, you know, went up over a billion dollars. And, and if you think about it, what would you trade a billion dollars for? You know, there's not too many things that I would trade a billion dollars for, but but I would trade it for my relationship with God. I would trade it for having a happy marriage. You know, I would trade it to see my kids become Christians. You know, those are things that are, are much more valuable, but we have those things. We have a relationship with God. You know, you know, and we won the lottery. You know, we, whatever, whatever else we get is gravy upon that. You know, if you, if, if you, if you won the lottery and you had a billion dollars, you know, it doesn't matter if you got that dollar raise or not. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's just it pales in comparison. But how much more that we, we, we should think about our relationship with God? You know, it's like, hey, I'm going to heaven. I have my sins forgiven. I, don't, I You know, whether or not I get that raise at work, whether or not I get recognition for this or that, you know, it is just gravy upon what I have already gotten. You know, and, and my, my point here is that we've got to look at the things that chain us down. 
You know, we, we value too many things. We value what people say. We value people's opinions. We value material things. We've, you know, we value so many things that, that hold us back from being truly joyful. You know, let's break those chains. Let's, 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 let's realize that whatever it is in, in 10 years, it's rubbish. Whatever that brother or sister said to you, in 10 years is rubbish. You know, whatever, uh, whatever, um, whether you got praised for this or that, you know, um, in 10 years, you won't, won't remember it. You know, let's, let's value what's important. Um, you know, another thing that's, uh, uh, Billy Sunday, and, and isn't Billy Sunday a great preacher's name? You know, it's like, uh, you know, it just sounds like a preacher. You know, it's like uh, uh, it's like those movie stars like uh, Rock Hudson or, or, uh, what, or John Wayne or something that changed their name. You know, he probably changed his name just so he could sound like a better preacher. So uh, I think Reuben should change his name to Jack Preacher or something like that. Um, um, so. So again, Billy Sunday, it says uh, the fellow that has no mother, money is poor. The fellow that has nothing but money is poorer still. You know, again, you know, what do we value? Um, so finally, you know, what does this all mean? Is what should we value? Is cherish knowing Christ. You know, that's what Paul talks about. You know, um, he says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining the resurrection from the dead. Not that I've already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which is Christ, which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. We've got to get the mindset in our hearts that the prize, the goal, the purpose is to know Christ. That's where we're going to get true joy, to have a relationship with Christ. And and, and so, you know, we're saying that a lot of times as Christians, we kind of think, you know, it, we almost burden ourselves by saying, well, you know, what does that mean? Oh, I know I know I'm going to have to have, you know, uh, 10 hour quiet times every day. I'm going to have, I'm going to have to do this or that. And, 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 and we get even more, uh, more burdened. You know, we've got to understand what a relationship with God means. You know, what God wants, what God is looking for, what, what Paul is saying here about knowing Christ. You know, when he says about knowing Christ is, is it's the word yada. You know, which is, uh, I mean, we think of yada, 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 but, um, you know, but, but what it means in the Bible is to know, to understand, to have a, um, you know, to have a close, intimate relationship or a covenant relationship, you know, chosen. You know, when, when, when God talks about Abraham, he talks, uh, uh, um, with a lot of affection saying, you know, he's my, my chosen one, my, you know, he has a yada relationship. And so, so that's what God is looking for. It's not so much that we have to 
follow all these rules and, and things like that, but he just wants your heart. He just wants to have your affection. You know, it's kind of like being married. You know, a, a wife isn't looking for, um, you know, did I do the, the dishes? Did I buy flowers? Did I do this? Uh, although they are some, uh, as well. But, uh, but the main thing they're looking for is they just want to feel that they have your hearts. You know, we just, God just wants to feel like we have his heart, that all that we want is to know him. And so, you know, when you, when you understand that heart of God, isn't it so freeing that you can just say, man, I want that, I want that relationship. I want to know God and, and feel that, that grace, feel that comfort and, and to feel what an incredible opportunity we have in terms of having a, a relationship with God. So, um, um, you know, I have my own theory on, on how the, the definition of yada changed. It was, it's probably some nice Jewish wife that was telling her husband, like, you know, I want a nice, close, intimate relationship, you know, a yada relationship, you know, like you used to have. And, you know, I want to I want you to, to take me out to dinner and, and have that and, and have those yada conversations. And and, uh, you know, and the husband probably turned to her and said, uh, yada, yada, yada. You know, so <laughs> anyway, that's that's just a free thing. Um. But let's look back and, 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 and think about this. You know, if you have no joy, there's a leak in your Christianity somewhere. You know, I want you to today just to think about, you know, where is that leak in your Christianity? If you, if you feel like maybe I'm not as joyful as I need to be, you know, where is that leak? Am I valuing the wrong things? Am I, do I have a divided heart? That is chaining me down from and is causing me to not uh, be as joyful. You know, do I really just am I just totally just satisfied with just having a deep relationship with God? You know, those are the things that Paul is trying to give us in in Philippians three as the keys of joy. Um, and so, Amen. Let's uh, pray as we have communion. Uh, God, thank you so much for what the scriptures uh, show us and teach us. And the fact that we don't need to be chained by things that people are chained by. That we don't need to worry about uh, 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 just uh, all of the, the, the material things or whatever. But the fact that we have won the lottery, that we have a relationship with you. God, we're so grateful, Father. Help us to... Help us to just uh, unshackle those chains and just truly rejoice to, to enjoy our Christianity, to enjoy our walk with you, to enjoy each other, Father. You've given us the most incredible family to be a part of. Help us to just really appreciate that. Help us to really appreciate the fact that, uh, that we're forgiven, the fact that uh, we have this walk with you and, uh, and, and, and everything that Christ did. Father, we're so grateful. Help us to rejoice. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Greater Long Beach Podcast. For more information about our church, please visit greaterlongbeachchurch.com.